Hey, Sam. Hey, Nathan. What's up? Uh, not much. Just hanging out, getting some, rendering some smart previews right now, so you might hear my computer fan running. It's so annoying. Gosh. Sorry. Always working. Sorry, not sorry. It's all good. It is incredibly nice outside. I have my windows open. Yep. Uh, it's about time. The last week was been, or it was just, the last few weeks have been miserable. Yes, they have. Uh, they've been really, really crazy. In fact, today's nice, but let's see, what was it? Oh, yeah, Saturday, I was shooting a wedding uh, with Megan Noonan, and uh, it was like the 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 most ridiculously sweaty yep. wedding yep. that I have ever shot, I think. Yeah, I had one as well. Most everything was out, outdoors. <laughs> so gross. Yeah, not too fun. But uh, I don't know, I mean... The party was fun, so everybody had a good time. Wedding went great. Yeah, at so. least most people seem to be having the ceremony reception indoors this time of year. Uh, even if they want to do some pictures outside, it's only for the pictures, and then and then everything else is indoors. So it's it's a bit more reasonable. Uh, was yours all indoors or not? Did I guess wrong? Uh, you guessed wrong. It was all outdoors except for the cocktail hour oh. was somewhat inside. Oh, that just sucks. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty intense. I guess I've been lucky. But yeah. it, it is surprising that it's been so hot this late into the year, but I guess it's always kind of all over the place. Man, I don't care. I prefer, if, if it's going to be summer, I just want it to be blazing hot. That's what I want it to be. <laughs> I, th- I think summer should be hot. Yeah. And I think is winter is a blizzard. It's not summer, though. Isn't it fall officially? Uh, it doesn't matter. My wife says it's fall. People, I don't know. People don't care about the weather. It, I, it is. It is fall today. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll yeah. give you that. It's fall today. I Tomorrow, to, I don't know. I had to go out with the leaf blower today. Start getting the leaves off, nice. our, off our pool deck. Now, do you have like a Tesla um, leaf blower? Yeah, it's Tesla branded. Okay, cool. It plugs into um, the car. Mm-hmm. Speaking of future technology, let's talk iPhone 7 because yeah, announced it's last a big week. deal. Yep. Uh, mostly the, the cameras are a big deal. Well, I would say the camera on the plus size model is the most interesting. Uh, did you actually watch the keynote presentation or just read no. it? Yeah. Nope. Okay. Nope. I watched it twice. Uh, mainly, <laughs> mainly I, was, I was talking to you while you were watching it live. And that was my game. Yeah. That it, was my uh, game. It's, it's releasing what I've kind of thought in my mind would be a feature for a long, long time. They've got dual cameras only on the Plus. This doesn't apply to the regular sized. So the biggest iPhone model has two cameras uh, that allow you to do a native optical zoom of, I think the one camera perspective is 28 millimeter. And then the telephoto perspective is a 56 millimeter. Um, So you can get those like native, and then you can actually zoom in on top of the 56, you know, a certain amount that's actually still really good. uh, Even though the digital zoom is basically just cropping, but the sensor is 12 megapixels. So that's still. So it's got plenty to work yeah, with. Yeah, lots of resolution on top of already a 56 millimeter reach, which is almost it's pretty much perfect for my preferred focal length. Yeah. And on top of that, which was hilarious uh, that they announced this as kind of an extracurricular project, um, Phil Schiller, the VP of I don't know something, um, 
was yes. like, yeah, you know, just just as a side project, uh, we had our engineers program software rendered bokeh where they can create a 3D depth map because of the two cameras being slightly, you know, apart from one another, they can actually render the 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 depth of like your subject to the background and stuff like that, the actual distances, and then create in-camera software, but nonetheless in-camera bokeh, where it's kind of a merge of a hardware and software uh, technology. And, yep. you know, all we've ever, all we've seen thus far are the Apple sample pictures, but, um, you know, they look, they, they look pretty, they, pretty yeah. good. I mean, they look good. It was interesting. Phil was like up on stage. He's like, I want to talk about something. And then he pulled up this picture. He was like, you know, this is a, this is a technology we've been working on for blah, blah, blah. And this, this photo is here from a really high-end DSLR. And then he went through the entire explanation of stuff. And he's like, I have something to confess. That first photo that I showed you guys, um, that's actually from the iPhone. That's not what we're going to compare iPhone photos to. That is not from a high-end DSLR. That's from one of our iPhones. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, some people probably saw it and kind of thought, hmm, that looks suspicious. The thing that I noticed that looked kind of off right now to me is that um, the amount of bokeh based on the field of view, you know, the perspective of the lens, looked a little right. too strong. You know, it looked like it was a 35-millimeter lens, but it had the bokeh of, like, an 85. It was so shallow. And that's probably going to be something that's really going to take some time and some trial and error for them to, like, really nail down and i'm not sure if the software is going to let you control how much bokeh there is uh or if it just does it on its own i think it just tries to do it on its own which is kind of annoying i think so yeah that's definitely the apple way and there's a specific you know in the camera app where you scroll between photo video panorama all those options there's only a one specific mode where the bokeh works like that and it's just called portrait mode so i don't even think you can apply it after the fact to any photos you take it has to be done in that mode at that time which is interesting the other big thing and i don't know if you're aware of this um do you remember hit me okay raw files oh raw files raw yes. files out yep, of the it iPhone. will have raw files that's actually so, bigger news in my opinion um, i agree i mean i think i don't want to get ahead of myself but this is a game changer in a little in a lot of ways yeah um i think We'll see, again, how it really performs. Now, by the way, have you seen the images that just showed up, I think it was today, from um, Sports Illustrated? Yes, yes. Have the, you seen them? The professional sideline of a football game pictures? Yeah. yeah. So, they, you know, obviously, it, it seems to me like they were edited. I don't know. And they're definitely sharpened, but um, they look very they look very good in terms of color. But no sense of the depth of field capabilities or anything like that. Yeah, and they they had said in the announcement the shallow depth of field, the the portrait mode will be rolled out as a software update in October. So it's going to have to be updated in order for the... The plus size model to take advantage of the feature. So, yeah. I I, I thought they were fine pictures, but they did look kind of just like normal iPhone or, you know, cell phone pictures. I, I thought. I mean... The, I've always right. been impressed. They were, it was a really bright, sunny day, so lots of really high contrasty things. And I've always thought the iPhone does incredibly well at balancing really dynamic photos without having to resort to HDR and stuff like that. Right. Or if it does, it does it internally and gives you a result that looks really natural without having to like push and pull your shadows. So the iPhone 7 is releasing sometime in September, is that right? As far oh, as I know. Yeah, it's shipping this Friday. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. 
So, did have you, you ordered did one? Did you not pre-order? Yeah, I got one. And I got a new no. watch. <laughs> nice, nice. The watch is waterproof down to 15 I cannot find years. my watch. Water, oh. Well, they, they released a Find My Watch software update now. So, you can find it well, just like the phone, it's, if it's not dead, which it sounds it's like. It's dead. Yeah. It's probably been dead for a month. Dang. Well, the new is. watch is waterproof it. and it's got built-in GPS tracking. That's awesome. And like a, you know, crazy fast processor. So, um, in terms of the iPhone 7 Plus, now let's let's just let's assume that the images that we see from the iPhone 7 Plus are awesome. Let's assume that the bokeh looks natural. Okay. Uh, that and, and uh, can I, I think just, we should while it's on my mind assume. side note sure, I heard, sure, sure. heard directly one-to-one from a photographer that beta tested the phone and he said uh, it's not it's not a gimmick it's a real an actual feature so that gotcha. that, made, that leads me to believe that it looks good so okay just, we'll, so we'll continue ass- with our assumptions yeah exactly so assuming like going throughout the rest of this episode we're gonna assume that it is good that the images are good that if that's true then that is a big deal for the wedding photography industry it's actually well a big deal for the entire photography industry definitely street photography definitely portrait photography uh definitely oh we're gonna, we're gonna have <laughs> i was gonna sorry, say man what's going have, on in your background sorry i uh Ambulances. you know i gotta go no just kidding <laughs> yeah um so yeah anyway it's okay. The, can, yeah. the iPhone seven, assuming it's good, that it's a it's a game changer because, as far as photographers are concerned, we can tell the difference, um, and we will, of course, be able to produce better images with a DSLR than an iPhone seven plus. However, the the issue is the layman who, and the you know the bride or the subject or whatever that doesn't know the dip that you know doesn't care one way or another what camera you use they just like the photos that you produce you could shoot with anything right um and you could show them side by side images of an iphone 7 plus photo that looks good an iphone and your you know your nikon or sam in your case the the canon uh, (laughs) image and they wouldn't necessarily be able to know the difference and wouldn't care either way. Um, and so that's why I think we're probably okay for the next year. But I was tell- I was talking to Megan about this at-, at the wedding. I was like, two years from now, that's like the next iteration, the iPhone 8. That's going to be a huge, well, huge issue. It's going to be on everything I don't, I f- if it works. I feel like... At this point, the camera will probably stay where it's at for the next few generations, honestly. But I feel like they could bring it, this technology, into the smaller size phone. Because right now it's only on the plus Th- that's side. That's it. Exactly. So that does that's limit what I'm the number about. of people that are. Yeah. So, yeah. And here's the thing I've been, you know, a lot of people have been commenting on various posts that I've made on my Facebook and stuff about. 
I, you know, I've expressed the same thing. It's a game changer. And people are like, no, you mm-hmm. know, if you can't take a better picture with your SLR than you can with your iPhone, then what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like, unfortunately, the, the, that's not the reality. And the, what I really think is going to be an issue is over the, not, not just next week when the phone is in everybody's hands, but over the, the long-term course of these things mm-hmm. existing and becoming more and more mainstream and popular, it will slowly erode the value in, in a lot of what we do because nobody's saying that yeah I mean to make a good picture you need to have really shallow depth of field uh, all the time but that is a big differentiating part between a professional Absolutely. image and a, and a straight point and shoot and as wedding coordinators and guests you know random guests of wedding have the ability to make really bocalicious pictures um, yep. even if they have shitty understanding of light even if they have like really poor compositions and stuff there's this mm-hmm. element that they don't even maybe realize visually what they're seeing that's different, but it's more like what the professional is doing. It's more, exactly. it's, it's eroding away slowly but surely at, at the, the differentiated point between an F8, everything's in pin sharp focus, and actually having some really beautiful shallow depth of field. The thing is, my bet is that Apple's target and what they want a cell phone to be able to you know, faithfully reproduce visually is a 24 to 70 range at f2.8. I don't right. think that their target or their goal is to make something that's like a, a 1.2 insanely beautiful blurry shallow depth. I think they're going for that catch-all 24 to 70 range at f2.8. Absolutely. I mean, and that's within their reach. It is. Um, totally. And th- my, my also, my question, this is also kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. But um, what happens when Apple releases the most badass phone, uh, or sorry, most badass camera that is a really, you know, solid looking two-ish, maybe two-eight-ish camera with full full wireless capabilities, internet capabilities, and instantly you have great photos that you can publish instantly yeah, I would assume that they the filters for that kind of camera would be super easy to implement. Sure. So in one package, you could totally dismantle all of DSLR photography with a mirrorless camera that can be like that can have internet capabilities and editing on the fly. I don't see how DSLRs can survive under that kind of pressure. I I can't either. And here's the big. My, my major worry isn't just having like shallowed up the field and more professional looking cameras or pictures in, in people's cell phones. It's that the majority of Canon and Nikon's revenue, uh, I don't know the actual numbers, but the majority of the money they make to survive as a company comes from selling, you know, prosumer, consumer level, yes. in, you know, entry level DSLR cameras, not selling D5s and Mark IVs. Like, that's a big chunk, yeah. but that's that cannot be the majority. And, um, yeah, it, if the companies that make the professional cameras go out of business, it doesn't matter what this, the iPhone 7 is doing in compared to the professional bodies because right. they don't that's exist it. anymore. <laughs> they they exactly. just go out of business. That That's a pretty big problem (laughs) so exactly and i think canon and nikon should be shaking in their boots right now because this is the this is a huge deal yeah um and it's again again as you were saying and as i was saying 
two years from now, when every single every single person that has an Apple phone has the capability of taking pictures with awesome bokeh, I don't see how you know, I, I I see the I see yeah nobody digital nobody cameras. justifies spending twelve hundred dollars on a exactly. decent SLR anymore. They're like my my phone does it's, fine enough, <laughs> especially given the fact that even now where you know you could take a photo of the same situation the same exact scene with your dslr and somebody with you next to you with an iphone can take a photo and the result may not matter all that much depending on what the scene is yeah um if it's just a photo of a group of people at a wedding honestly the bokeh doesn't matter that much on an iphone 5s or whatever it looks okay on an iPhone 7 Plus or 8 or whatever the next one is. Yeah. It could look ex- almost exactly the same. Right. Um, and right there, you've got, you've got incentive to eliminate photography coverage for group photos, I would say. But here's the thing. I think even if they released a camera this year that was as good as DSLRs and like totally you know, disrupted the entire professional camera industry. It would take some time for like, just culturally people to shift and their belief that, you know, my iPhone is as good as my DSLR, even if the capabilities were there day one, like it would take some time. So there's some buffer time. And I think what could happen, what could be actually really cool is that right around this, this time that the iPhone is becoming, you know, insanely competitive towards DSLRs, Camera mm-hmm. makers are start, starting to release more affordable medium format sensors. Um, exactly. And Fuji, in the next week or two, are supposed to announce one that's supposed to be um, well below $10,000. Really excited about that. And I could see medium format then becoming the standard in the next five years of what most, at least in the wedding world, uh, what most wedding photographers shoot with instead of full frame, which um, yeah. would be kind of awesome and and really good timing would be really awesome. uh, except for canon and nikon who have yet to put out any medium format cameras <laughs> exactly so um, or mirrorless dslrs yeah or well um, at least, yeah no no mirrorless DSLR, no mirrorless full frame sensors either full frame nothing. yeah yeah exactly um i was thinking about that yeah i was thinking about that the other day that fuji is really setting if if this rumor is true which i believe it is that they're going to that they're skipping full frame altogether and just hopping up to medium format. That's awesome. Yeah. That's exactly what I hope a cam a camera company can do is really look at what's going on out there and say, "Hey, let's try this. Let's try this thing." Yeah. Um, I'm excited also for the Hasselblad whenever whenever you get it. Yeah, um, I don't even at this point. It's still not shipped. It's supposed to be shipped like months ago and mm. i think i might just cancel it and and look okay so there's also a new new rumor with some weight behind it that says there's actually going to be three lenses launched with the yeah. fuji medium format body and yep. with the Hasselblad, they have one 35 millimeter equivalent that's that's coming out at the same time not oh, that's not it. three one yeah and it's and it's like i said mm. 35 mil equivalent which which i hate i don't like 35 millimeter perspective so is 35 millimeter on medium format isn't that like yeah it's a 50 20, something no, 50 it's a 50 something yeah, yeah okay, so yeah. so that is a 50 something but it'll be a 35 millimeter perspective for full frame stuff so anyway um 
if Fuji can roll out a cheaper medium format with uh, three lenses, two primes and a zoom, I mean, I mean I'm all over. There it. you go. All you get it. all three. Yeah, and you get the whole thing, and you're set. Yeah, I mean. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see, but I'm I'm excited for the shift that's coming. I'm just a little afraid that it's gonna slowly erode the value of what you know hiring a photographer for your wedding brings. And and I mean, I know that really at the end of the day, it's it's about your your ideas and your mind as a photographer, right. Way more than the equipment, but that doesn't really matter if, if it slowly becomes this erosion, uh, in, in people's minds and the value, because it's something that they can do on their $800 phone instead of a $5,000 camera rig. The value of that equipment is lessened. Um, um, it's concerning, but you know, well, it's just, it's, it, it should be something that, spurs us all on to a make better art of course Mm -hmm. all the time uh and b to be aware of the changes that are happening and and try to figure out a way of dealing with it i feel like not not ignore them and not resist them because that's uh, oh definitely not that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna go under yeah totally um if you're like no the iphone 7 plus isn't isn't a big deal and it turns out to actually be a big deal, which I think it will, then you're the one, you know, that looks like an ass. Yeah, absolutely. And you're the one <laughs> not getting any business. Because, so, when when you think about it, there's a few different ways, I guess there's a few different ways that I could see uh, photographers pivoting well. One would be to be become a little more involved in the planning process and kind of sell yourself that way, where you're like, not just taking the photos, but also directing a lot more about how the photos get made. Right. In which case, you can you could sell that for sure. Um, I know a lot of you know a lot of photographers that already do that um, yeah. and and are very successful in that regard. Um, just it would be a, a question of whether or not you can handle that. Another way to do it is to maybe shift, yeah, shift up to medium format or go film, you know, or do something different that will that will completely differentiate your photography from what, you know, what could happen in terms of the iPhones. Yeah. So I don't know. There's a few, there's, I don't know. There's some other ways of doing it. You could go, you could downgrade yourself. You could become an iPhone seven professional photographer. Well, here's the thing. no matter what, it's going to be a few generations, but before like the, the cell phone camera is just like, Holy crap, this is fantastic. (laughs) I don't need my DSLR anymore. Um, but now is the time to start thinking about it because they are clearly heading yeah. down that path. Like it is official. They want to, they want to enter that domain of photography and it's, it's yep. no longer just about killing point and shoots. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And on top of that, the, the better that Apple does with this, the more other companies, Samsung and all that Google, Android and everything will follow suit 
and we'll try, find something to compete. Yeah. And then they'll have this back and forth where cameras get well, better. And we should add, this isn't the first camera to do this. There's been an Android one no. on the market forever right, that doesn't. Right, right, right. But um, the way that I see it and the way that is, if you're honest with yourself as a human being, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. until Apple does it. Okay? Well, honestly, <laughs> just, right now, just you, you just have to kind of accept that. Yeah, It's just true. <laughs> and because it is, it is so software intensive, the way Apple renders the data can be completely different than the way that the, the Android sure. model renders it so i mean whatever um okay so that we should stop talking about iphones yeah. i i shot my first wedding with the canon mark IV. yeah how, on how was it it was did, did it you was frustrating it? at first very frustrating um but you and i were talking a bit before we started recording and and i think i've seeded the fact that i'm a little bit it's so instinctual and and it's just second nature for me to be holding and shooting with the Nikon camera after I got through some of the quirks and some of the differences in Canon and got it set up to be mostly the way that I like to shoot my Nikon cameras um, I loved just having a different body just a completely different um, form factor of course but just a kind of a different different even, camera even system. the different menus and the different camera system the different sounds um it was just nice <laughs> for me cool um and and so anyway i shot the majority of the wedding day on a single canon mark four i did bring my nikon bodies as you know to, to have some some pictures on those uh, because you can't fully edit the raw files in lightroom yet you can actually do an exif hack and create yep. create a way to edit the files in Lightroom right now, but it's a pain in the ass and it's not practical for thousands of images. So um eagerly waiting. I'm sure everybody else is as well for Lightroom to finally update. But um I mean there's so many things to list. I don't know that we should like really try and make this a camera review. But uh I I have yeah, I've gone ahead I have gone ahead and started to figure out how to sell a lot of my Nikon lenses and go ahead and start the transition. So some of the highlights. Uh one, the body is is great ergonomically really good pretty much unchanged from the mark three um nice. which i never really had a huge problem with but uh the scroll wheel on the thumb has always been one of my favorite things about canon so i'm glad that they've retained that and it works the same as it always has they put in yeah it's kind of a fun fun it's little awesome it's like the ipod wheel. wheel it's so great and you can cycle through images on your memory card using the thumb wheel one image at a time or you can use your index finger wheel 10 images at a time which is really nice that's cool the touchscreen is meh. They, they, the Nikon implementation of touch is way better. Like on the Nikon one, you can pull up your image oh, review yeah. and double tap anywhere on the screen, and it zooms into that spot that you double tapped. Canon, you have to pinch to zoom to that spot, which is just stupid. Um, yep. And it's a little laggier and slower. Uh, you can't quickly touch swipe across your memory card. You have to just swipe one image at a time, which is annoying. Um, and then, that's kind of expected for first implementation though, yeah, I would say, but they do have a one up against Nikon touchscreen and that the menus are all touchable <laughs> in Nikon. You can't use the touch feature to, to navigate menus at all. That seems like it would be, it should be an obvious Yeah. But the problem feature. is I think maybe on Nikon, the, the, the menu items are a little too small for it to be practically useful. Canon, I think That's the line items are true. a little bit bigger and big enough to where you can touch them reliably and it's actually usable. That's, that's my only guess for that on not, not being included on the D five. But, right. um, 
you know, I can't really say for sure what's completely changed from the Mark III because I didn't shoot it very much uh, other than it does have a, a new autofocus system that is, from what I can tell, better than the D750. Now, I haven't done a lot of extensive dancing pictures yet, but in just day-to-day coverage, uh, portraits, storytelling stuff, it, it is hitting it. It is hitting it all over so the place. Like, everything is talk- spot on. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about 3D tracking. You mentioned that you found yeah. a way to get it working on Canon. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I'm looking at the menus right now. I don't even know if I could uh, r- tell you the steps that I took to enable it. One of the reasons I've always been resistant to Canon is any you know full solution is that Nikon has a real easy feature to enable called 3D tracking, where as long as you have autofocus going whatever your focus point is your starting focus point whatever it's on top of it will track as that object moves or as your camera moves so you don't have to thumb around the focus point and you don't necessarily have to um you know use the back button back button focus to stop and recompose you can just track your focus point across all the uh the focus across all sensors, the, yeah, all the yeah. points. Yeah. So they have something called uh, da, 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 initial. They have something called auto autofocus point selection EOS ITRAF, <laughs> which is <laughs> stupid. It should just be called 3D tracking. But they have two different modes for it. One is that it tracks um, like textures and shapes and just general purpose tracking, and one where it does uh, face priority. So if you're photographing people i i keep it on the non-face priority mode um so that's the first part and then there are other things in the settings to make it uh to be the specific single focus point that tracks instead of like a clustered group which i find to be less reliable so i just modified all the settings until um it it worked as expected as the way 3d tracking works on icon and that's great um, What's really great is that you can really dive in and adjust the sensitivity of tracking. You can adjust the sensitivity of acceleration and deceleration of your Ooh. subject, and you can adjust the auto fo- auto focus point auto switching sensitivity. So, and they have a bunch of presets for that. Uh, I just kept it on preset one, which is like versatile, multi-purpose setting. Sure. But they have one specifically tuned for continuing to track subjects, ignoring possible obstacles. So, you know, if you have like maybe say a runner coming down at, uh, or maybe I should say, what are the the guys that jump a hurdle? Hurdles. Yeah. yeah. So you want it to track the the subject and not the hurdle if it's in your foreground or something. You know, that's one case. Could be whatever. Another one is another case is instantly focus on subjects suddenly entering autofocus points. Just tune for that. Another tuning for subjects that accelerate or decelerate quickly. Another one is for erratic subjects moving quickly in any direction. And then another one is for subjects that change speed and move erratically. So it gotcha. kind of covers almost every scenario there. And um, that's just the more flexibility, the better. That does not exist in the Nikon world, I don't, I don't believe. At least not that easily. And uh, uh, anyway, the high ISO, um, again, haven't been able to dive in too much in Lightroom, but on the back of the camera, 12,800 looks totally usable. It's at least on par with the D750 Great. in terms of ISO. Don't think it can quite touch the D5, but again, we'll, we'll see. I haven't been able to do any night shooting with it yet. But. Gotcha. So, um, and what did what lens did you get with it? Was well, that 50, no, one, two, or Nikon, I mean, uh, Nessa has 
has a whole Canon system. So I took her Sigma 50, her Canon 24, gotcha. and her Canon 35, and her Canon 135, which I freaking love. The Canon 135 really? F2 is yeah. Canon's fastest autofocusing lens, which is the exact gonna, opposite of the Nikon situation. I was going to say, yeah, the <laughs> Nikon's like super slow. And it's loud. It's also and really it's, old. Oh, it's the right? worst. I cannot believe is, how good the Canon one is. And it just looks huh. amazing. It's sharp as crap. It like never missed focus. I fell in love with that focal length for sure. Um, so that that's always nice to have like a brand new possibility oh, totally. opened up to you with the focal length. Anyway, anywho, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. Now, the other thing, it's the same battery as they've always used, which the Mark III was kind of shitty on battery most of the time. For, uh, right. And, and so I'm a bit concerned about that. I didn't get a real good sense. My battery drained pretty quickly, but I did, I'd forgotten that I left the Wi-Fi on the whole day, so that probably drained it twice as fast. So I don't really oh, I have gotcha. a, an opinion on that yet. I'm gonna. It's also got built-in GPS, which is really nice, but I'm sure that's a battery drain as well. Um, but sure. you can actually modify the GPS to, to say like only, only check every 10 minutes or every 30 minutes or every minute for, for location data, which is kind of, kind of cool. So we'll see about that, but I, I have a feeling I'll be using more batteries than I would. And cause Nikon stuff is just incredibly battery efficient. I never, right. never worry about <laughs> running out. I think we've already had that story of yours once, once about your, Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it's, it's legendary. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, after that, I was like, thank God for the D750. I think this is the most (laughs) baller-ass camera battery ever. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, So The other thing I'll talk about is the the live view. Um, Yeah. It's it's amazing. Uh, I... If they had implemented a flip-out screen in the Mark IV, I, I would have switched yesterday. Uh, I mean, I'd have a, a, another body and all the lenses coming to me right away. But yeah. missing that is really a bit frustrating. I'm, I'm really disappointed they don't have a flip screen. But the actual live view feature, it's definitely going to put Canon shooters on par with where Nikon has been for a few bodies now. Um, and it's it's probably even a little bit better. Uh, you can okay. be taking a picture in live view, and as long as you have a fast enough memory card, uh, hit hit the the shutter and record the image, and it doesn't even black out. It just keeps That's the feed so cool. going totally live. So almost like you're just marking <laughs> where you right. want it to take. It's like it's amazing. It's really really seamless. It's a little weird at first. Um, it's very quiet, and the autofocus is actually just as fast if not faster than the optical viewfinder autofocus. That's awesome. Now, the focus point that you can use, I think, is a little bigger, so you can't get quite the same precision if you're you know, photographing something that's really dense or you have something that you're photographing in the distance through a really complicated foreground or something like that. It, it could struggle, I think, a bit. But um, overall, I'm super, super impressed with the live view. And they have some cool features, like you can set the touchscreen to enable the focus point and also take the picture. So you can That's just cool. touch on something and it'll autofocus to it and take it'll a photo. Focus right then there. shoot. Yep. Or you can have it just focus, or you can have it just shoot. There's you know whatever you want. Um, really impressed, and it's you know long long overdue. Uh, the other thing that I really like, just thinking about the Canon brand, is that they took 
a long time to update this camera, which kind of bit yeah, them in the really ass because so many people switched to the D750 because they were just tired of waiting. But I kind of like the idea of like, okay, if I put in all my money and I invest in this system, they're gonna they're gonna be taking their sweet time to upgrade. I'm not gonna feel like I need to buy another whole new camera sure. in two years, unlike with Nikon. <laughs> um, there, it's gonna. I mean, in theory, it's gonna be you know, another four or five years before they refresh this camera body. And, uh, you know, they'll make tweaks along the way and do firmware upgrades and really get the full um, lifespan out of this body. And uh, the, oh, the other big news when it was rumored and announced was the dual pixel, like where you can focus after the fact. Completely, uh, yes. completely worthless for wedding photographers. Okay. When you enable the dual pixel raw capture, uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm going to confirm right now, but I'm pretty sure it restricts you to, to one frame per second. Uh, it's not like it just enables it on every picture you take. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe but a little the, faster. But the processing time is much slower. It is, let's see, so I have it on. So I have it on right now. Can you hear this? Yeah. Okay, now let me turn it off and see if it speeds things up. Yeah, it's a little bit slower to have it enabled. Okay. Um, and then, but not much. So maybe it's not as bad as I thought. Let me try it in live view. Okay, well, in live view, it is much slower. It does say busy, and it blacks out the screen compared to not having it enabled. So it, it is taking gotcha. a pretty big hit to the... Uh, the the processor of the camera and, and the overall buffer uh which i think is enough to where people are going to just have it disabled all the time i can't think of a, a time in the wedding day where i would think to myself okay i'm going to turn this on because i really need to have the flexibility of everything being in focus all the time like i would just always right. want that <laughs> maybe you could enable it for just portraits or something but i don't know i i don't think it's going to be as big a deal as people think unless they can somehow program it into to Lightroom, which I don't think they'll be able to do. I'm I'm wondering if maybe maybe studio photographers that might be a good That's exactly a good, what I was uh, thinking. Yeah. yeah. cuz in that way if you if you really you have that one shot that would really be nice to use but the focus is off so by some small margin, then yeah, it would be great to have something in that in that, you know, that you could do in post. Uh, but for, I guess, yeah, but for wedding photography, I don't really see that being super viable, um, unless you're the type of, unless you're the type of photographer that does lots of po- very, you know, lots of posed portraits. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, the other thing and is, there's some value to not having infinite flexibility with your files after the fact. There's some value to yeah, that, and and having. Certainly. 3,000 plus images from a wedding that you can fix the focus on every single one would slow, well, probably go crazy. Would slow you down so much. You would, yeah, you would just go crazy. Like you said, just, <laughs> just thinking about the possibilities and that, that would kind of suck. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm, I'm not that. So right now, as we're speaking, I'm going to boot up the Canon proprietary software called Digital Photo Professional or something, DPP, and see mm-hmm. how much flexibility I have with uh, with these dual pixel files that I just took as a test. So in okay. live on the air, I'll, I'll do this. Pretty exciting. In the meantime, how do you feel about switching from Nikon to Canon, at least with one of your cameras? 
Uh, it's a bigger pain than I think. And, and really what, I, what I'm going to do in the end is um, probably sell off my uh, backup lenses for my Nikon system and mm-hmm. sell off my Nikon bodies and then uh, keep, keep most of the lenses for sometime in the future, you know? Uh, gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's my plan, but cool. it's tough. It's expensive. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, you, you basically need about 13 grand in, uh, yeah. And new lenses <laughs> to switch over, which is a lot of money. Um, yeah, so we'll see. This is interesting. I'm, I'm not quite sure how to make it change focus points using this, uh, software Hmm. i'll keep playing with it okay well um i kind of need to head out um yeah i think that was a good summary of where everything's at yeah yeah so what do you got what so this is actually a big big week for both of us i guess we got a lot that's a a lot going on for me i think a lot going on for you as well What, what have you got going on well um our dog's birthdays to tomorrow or maybe it's today I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's not a big exactly deal. what I was talking about. So <laughs> now, that's all day, awesome. I'm to doing know. a 12 hour shoot on Wednesday for some press event. And then I have a wedding on Friday and a wedding on Saturday, two separate weddings. Nice. And then, yeah. So those are the big ones. It's going to be, and it's so much editing. I don't know about you, but. Oh my God. Knee, I'm, knee I'm behind. I'm behind on one, one wedding that hopefully I should have delivered tomorrow. Get on it. <laughs> um, and then otherwise, yeah, I've got, I've got a crazy week. Hold on. Let me pick, let me, let me bring this out. So tomorrow I have a 10 hour shoot at the Reagan building. That should be fun. Uh, on Saturday, on Wednesday, I have a one hour thing at the press club. Hopefully maybe I'll see you there. Um, then a five hour thing in the evening before band practice. Mm-hmm. Then another shoot on Thursday then I'm back in Richmond for two days. <laughs> I come up to DC and I've got a wedding on Saturday and a short wedding on Sunday morning as well. Okay. All right. It's a man. brunch wedding. Full swing of things. I like it. Do you, right. Have you ever done brunch weddings, by the way? Like, I, I just did one on yesterday or Saturday. Nice. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it Wasn't was, it, it was fun? So amazing. Well, so I had to wake up at 6 30. Uh, no, yeah. five thirty. Drive down to DC. Whatever. The wedding start time was seven thirty, and then I was done by Ooh. three. It was fantastic. Yes. Yep, dude, done by three. Out the door. Go home. Take a nap. Yep, that's awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> yep, I loved it. Nice. It was. Yeah, I. I wish I could specifically like choose only brunch weddings. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. I, I, it is nice to not be home at like two a.m. Uh, and get home by yep. in the afternoon. It's great. Uh, so, yep. okay. Well, that's it. Uh, thanks everyone. Definitely chime in on the, uh, Reddit, uh, the epic podcast.com. You can comment on any of the episodes and, uh, yeah, we look forward to some, yeah, some get, debate get some discussion going. Yeah. Feel free to slam Sam for, uh, switching. <laughs> I'm switching for, to Canon after everybody just switched to Nikon for switching teams. I, uh, yeah, this is great. Yeah. It's, I'm still not 100% yet. I need to get through a few full weddings before I make the switch, but I'm feeling it. I'm feeling like I want to. Cool. And, uh, all right. Oh, and then I'm eventually going to review the camera. That'll be up on my site. 
but I need, I'm sure I'll be way behind everybody else because I actually want to spend a lot of time with it before I just come to a conclusion. <laughs> nice. Not to bad mouth yeah. anybody can't, else. Can't, yeah. can't fault, uh, can't fault you for that. Yeah. All right, Nathan. But, well, uh, uh, yeah. Talk to you later. All right. Well, later. Peace.